The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Did you hear what I'm saying? Just stay with him. Be present with him. Live in him. So these are the things Jesus spoke. And he says, if you do these things and remember these things that I've spoken unto you, he says, my joy will remain in you so your joy may be full. Then in John chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus went on to tell his disciples, he says, well, up to now, you've asked nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Huh? Glory to God. You know, I talked about the gas, the gasoline crisis earlier. And I remember last month, now my wife normally don't let her car get below half a tank. But somehow, my wife let her car get down to like a quarter tank of gas. Then the gasoline shortage hit. But she kept confessing by faith that she was going to find some gas. She went a few places, no gas. But she didn't give up. And of course, she had people praying for her. But she did not give up. She didn't say, well, I'm going to just park this car in the garage, see if this thing blow over, and Jerry, you have to take me wherever I need to go. That wasn't her attitude. Her attitude was, I'm going to find some gasoline. Huh? She never lost her joy. This is what Jesus was saying. Up to now, you've asked nothing in my name. But ask and you shall receive. Because God wants your joy to be full. And you know that feeling you had when you finally got a full tank of gas. Huh? God wants us to feel the same way spiritually. He wants us to know we're not running on empty. We are people running on full. And we're full of the joy of the Lord. I'm talking about Jesus' joy. Glory to God. A lot of people say, I got joy. And the truth is, they only have happiness. But Jesus' joy is complete. Hear me now. It's complete and full. That's Jesus' joy. And Jesus' joy always remains. Now, if you allow it to remain, listen to me, it becomes your joy. This is how it works. First of all, it's Jesus' joy. And he says, I've spoken these things unto you that my joy may remain in you. That's Jesus' joy. And that your joy may be full. His joy becomes your joy. You've never seen Jesus sad a day in his earthly life. You've never seen Jesus mourn or weep except when he wept over Jerusalem. And he was weeping out of compassion for all the lost souls. Jesus wept. But even when he wept, he never lost his joy. Glory to God. But the joy that the Lord gives us, it's complete. It's full. It's joy that isn't diverted. It's joy that isn't distracted. It's joy that can never be interrupted by 
tests and trials. Hear me now. I'm talking about how to turn your sorrow into joy. But why don't we do this? Why do we have a need to be reminded about joy? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why did Paul have to remind the Christians at Philippi to rejoice in the Lord and rejoice always? It's because we confuse happiness with joy. Hear me now. We always confuse happiness with joy. There's a difference between happiness and joy. A lot of people, the confession is, I just want to be happy. No, no, you need the joy of the Lord. Huh? Happiness is only temporary. But the joy of the Lord, it remains. The joy of the Lord makes your joy full. You see, understand, beloved, happiness is controlled by the condition of the five physical senses. Hear me now. There's a big difference between happiness and joy. You see, we are happy when one of our senses tell us that we're happy. If I can see it, it makes me happy. If I can hear it, it makes me happy. If I can smell it, it makes me happy. If I can taste it, it makes me happy. Bless God, if I can just feel it, it makes me happy. But that's not joy, beloved. Huh? Happiness is nothing more than a state of mind. It's a state of mind based on happenings and circumstances. But here's the thing about happiness. Happiness can be fake. Did you know that? It can be a pretense. Don't get quiet on me now. We got to stop faking and get real. How many people consider themselves happily married until they divorce? Come on now. And that's the price. Why they divorce? Because they valued happiness more than the joy of the Lord. You see, it's happiness of saying to them, because you look good to me, I love you. Because you feel good to me, I love you. These are all conditions of the five physical senses. But joy isn't based on circumstances or happening. Joy is based on the Lord and the words he's spoken to our hearts. So many couples out in public, they smile, they hug, they touch. They call each other boo, honey this, honey that. Huh? And then behind closed doors, they're fighting like dogs and cats or cats and dogs. Huh? What's happening here? Their relationship is based on happiness and not the joy of the Lord. So when they come out in public, they have to pretend. They have to put a false smile on their face and pretend like they're happy. That's the thing with happiness. You can fake it. Huh? But joy, you don't have to fake whether it's a smile on your face or not, you still have the joy of the Lord in your heart. And that's what I want. I want the joy of the Lord. Having the joy of the Lord doesn't mean you got a cheese-eating a cheese grin or something on your face all the time. It doesn't act like you have high. Come on, you own something. No, that, that's not what joy means. Joy means 
you know that you live in Christ and Christ lives in you. Come what may, you shall not be moved. That's joy. That's the joy of the Lord. That's the difference between joy and happiness. You see, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter five, verse 22, Paul's told the Galatians, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, and peace, so forth and so on. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's the fruit that is produced as a result of you abiding in the vine as a branch. He is the vine, you are the branches. And when the branch abides in the vine, then joy is produced. Is that right? It's birthed inside of the heart of a man. You can't fake that. That has to be real or not at all. You just can't fake joy. Now, joy is really cheerfulness. It's delight. It's gladness. You can have cheer in your heart, delight, and even be glad and not have a cheese grin and smile on your face. Now, some may, but don't think I don't have joy if I'm not smiling. Maybe I'm not smiling because I'm reminding myself of who I am and where I am and whose I am, that he's divine and I am the branches. And the, my first priority is to abide in him and his words abide in me. Then I know that I can ask what I wish according to his purpose, his plan, his will for my life, and it shall be done because he said, in doing so, my father would be glorified that you and I bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. The mark of discipleship is getting your prayers answered, getting your desires and your requests granted, because you're never going to ask anything that's outside of the vine. Did you hear what I said? Many times your prayers go unanswered. Many times you don't receive manifestations because you've been asking for something outside of the vine. And if you say, Pastor Jerry, I know that what I asked was according to his word, then maybe the, the reason you haven't received an answer is because you really don't believe it. You lost your joy. Because if you believed it, you'd be rejoicing till it manifested. Did you hear what I said? Huh? Now, closing, let me ask you the question. How do you turn your joy how do you turn your sorrow into joy? How do you do it? How do you do it, pastor? I'm tired of being sorry and sorrowful. I'm tired of weeping and mourning about the, the issues of life. How do I turn my sorrow into joy? Well, beloved, you got to make a shift. You know, I used to drive a stick shift car. And sometimes you can downshift to slow the car down. But if you upshift, get it in the higher gear, it goes faster. And it enables you to go faster. We don't need to downshift. We need to upshift. Did you hear what I said? We need to upshift. You got to make a shift in your consciousness.
as an act of your will. You got to shift from sorrow to consider Jesus. Let me say it again. I'm telling you how to turn your sorrow into joy. You got to make a shift. You got to make a shift in your consciousness. And as an act of your will, you make a shift. So you're not focusing and, and giving all your energy to the problem, but you're making a shift and you're beginning to consider Jesus in the midst of your problem. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us, considering Jesus, the author, and the finisher of our faith. I need you to hear this, beloved. Consider Jesus, the author, and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, now sat down at the right hand of God. What was Paul saying to the Hebrew Christians? He says, you got to consider Jesus. You got to put your mind on him. He is the author and the finisher of faith. He's the vine, you're the branches. And who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. But what happened to Jesus before the cross? Before the cross, Jesus was tortured. Jesus was whipped with a whip. And at the end of that whip, it was a cat of nine tails. What's a cat of nine tails? The Romans used a special whip. And at the end of that whip was nine tentacles that came out from the end of that whip. And attached to those tentacles could be glass or metal. Jesus received 39 stripes. 39 stripes from a whip that was a cat of nine tails. Crown of thorns were pressed, was pressed into his brow. He was spit upon. He went through all that and never lost his joy. Don't miss this. He never lost his joy. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So when Jesus went to the cross, even though there wasn't a, a smile on his face, there was joy in his heart. This is what I want you to know, beloved. That's where joy is. It is a force in the human heart that only God can give. So with joy, he endured the cross after all he had gone through. And we are called to do the same thing, to endure our circumstances with joy. So how do you turn your sorrow into joy? Well, again, you make a shift to consider Jesus. Then, number two, you got to make a shift to feel the joy. You got to make a decision that I'm not going to lose my joy. I'm going to just feel the joy. Say what you will. Do what you want. Come what may. I'm going to feel the joy and you're not going to steal my joy. Hmm? Jesus explained this in John chapter 16 in the 20th verse what Jesus had already told his disciples in a little while you won't see me. Then again you will see me because I go into the Father. That's not a riddle. That's exactly what happened. He said to the disciples in a little while you won't see me. Then in a little while, you will see me because I go to the Father. Now you can imagine how puzzled 
his disciples may have been, like many of you are probably puzzled right now. How's it that you won't see him, but then again you will see him because he goes to the Father. Well, he explained it to the disciples by saying, in the Gospel of John, the 20th verse, he says, most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned into joy. When Jesus was whipped, when he was tortured, when he was crucified down the cross, his disciples were sorrowful. But when he arose from the grave on the third day, then they rejoiced. This is what he said to them. And if you still don't understand, then Jesus said, well, let me give you the illustration or the analogy of a woman. Can you relate to that one? Verse 21 says, a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish, glory. That woman no longer remembers the pain. Why? For joy. For the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Childbirth was the perfect illustration, the perfect analogy. No matter what we're going through, no matter how painful it is, we got to be like a, a pregnant woman, even though she's in hard labor. But as soon as she gives birth to that child, she don't remember the anguish and the pain any longer because of the joy that a man, child, little boy, little girl has been born into this world. Glory to God. Glory to God. So he went on to sum it up by saying, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice and your joy, no one will take from you. No one will take your joy from you. This is where I want to be. I want to be poised right in a place where no matter what happens to me, I don't lose my joy. Some folk lose their joy to the point they stop praying. They lose their joy to the point where they just stop worshiping and praising God. Some folks will lose their joy to the point where they'll just Shelter in, close themselves off from everybody because they're going through. How many of them saying? They're going through. Now, I don't fault anybody for going through. I fault you for not getting through. If you're going to go through, then get through. Get to the other side because the answer is already in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. So there's two ways to turn your sorrow into joy. And they both has to do with shifting. You got to shift in your consciousness. And, and, and as an act of the will in your heart to consider Jesus. He was our perfect example. Then you got to shift in your consciousness. And as an act of will, you got to decide, I don't care how painful this is, how bad it looks. I'm going to feel the joy of the Lord. In Nehemiah chapter 8. And I'm trying to close. In Nehemiah chapter 8. Many of you are familiar with the story of Nehemiah. <clears throat> How Nehemiah 
return to Jerusalem that lied in ruins to rebuild the walls of the city. And during the process of building the walls of the city, after much progress had been made, Nehemiah chapter 8 shows us how all the people, both men and women, they gathered in an open square before the water gate. And they called for Ezra, the scribe. And he was also a priest. They called for Ezra to read from the book of the law of Moses. And Ezra, he went and got the book, opened the book to read the law, the law of Moses. They had built him a little wood pulpit that he could stand on that they prepared for this occasion. And as Ezra opened the book and before he began to read, all the people stood up on their feet to honor the word of God. They stood up on their feet and Ezra read the word of God. He read the word, the law, the book of the law of Moses. The Bible says he read it from morning to midday. That was a long service. Did you hear what I said? That was a long service. He read it to midday. And as he would read from the book of the law, the word of God began to convict the people of God that heard the word. And they began to, to warn, to mourn. They began to weep. And they were told, don't mourn, don't weep. This day is holy unto the Lord our God. Don't mourn, don't weep. Oh, I wish we had people like that that would mourn and weep when they hear the truth of God's word and not let it go in one ear and out the other. So they said to the people, don't mourn, don't weep. This day is a day unto the Lord our God. Then Nehemiah stood up and he said to the people, as they saw the power of God convict their hearts through the word of God, Nehemiah stood up and said to the people at the end of all the reading from the word, he said to them, go your way. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Go your way. In other words, get on with your life. But don't go on with your life being sorrowful. Don't go on with your life mourning. Don't go on with your life weeping. Nehemiah says, go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. Huh? He says, for this day is holy unto the Lord our God. Do not be sorrowful, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And that word joy, particularly in Psalms, 118 verse 24, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice. We will jump. We will spin around. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice. Let us jump. Let us spin around and be glad in it. So Nehemiah says this is not the time to feel sorrowful. Don't mourn. Don't weep. Go your way. Live your life in victory. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. 
Enjoy the prosperity and the blessings of God. But don't forget those that are less fortunate. Send portions to those in whom nothing has been prepared for. For this day is holy unto our God. Do not be sorrowful. God don't want you to be sorry. God wants you to make that shift and feel the joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. If the joy of the Lord is your strength, that means the absence of joy is the primary cause of your weakness. Did you hear what I said? If the joy of the Lord is your strength, then the absence of joy is the primary cause of your weakness. Mourning, sorrowfulness, weeping. If you're not careful, it will weaken you and eventually destroy you. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. So whatever you do, beloved, turn your sorrow into joy. Turn your sorrow into joy. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gives us life. He is the vine. We are the branches. Teach us, Father, to abide in him, to live in him, and stay in him. Teach us, Father God, that because of Jesus and his joy, our joy can be full, and we can bear fruit in our lives, live productive lives. Help us, Father God, to get beyond permanent sorrowfulness and mourning. And help us to make the shift to consider Jesus. Help us to make the shift to just feel the joy of the Lord. Help us, Father God, to understand that we have the power and the responsibility to turn our sorrow into joy. Consider Jesus, the author of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, notwithstanding all the bad things, horrendous and horrific things that happened to him before the cross. Teach us to consider Jesus. Help us make the shift in our own consciousness as the act of our will to take our stand and say we're going to feel the joy. We're going to go our way. We're going to live our lives in victory. We're going to eat the fat of God. We're going to drink the sweet. And we're going to be a blessing to others. For every day is the day that the Lord hath made. So we rejoice and be glad in it. It's not a day for sorrowfulness. Because it is the day of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, thank you for joy. Thank you for making us strong. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, beloved. Be encouraged. God wants you to have joy for your journey. And no matter what you do, when sorrow comes, an occasion for sorrow comes, turn your sorrow into joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Remember faith in God. Remember faith which works by love. Walk in love and have faith in God. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.